Welcome to the Essential Geopolitics Podcast from Stratfor, a rain company. I'm Emily Donahue, in for Fred Burton. In this episode, we're talking about oil markets with Greg Pretty, who is Director for Global Energy and Middle East Analysis. Greg, welcome. Thank you. Now, it's no secret that the current coronavirus pandemic has had a big impact on oil demand worldwide. So how will the fall in demand affect major producers like Saudi Arabia? Well, we saw some of that, uh, you know, in a move that happened recently with the government budget, where they had announced uh, earlier this month uh, some sweeping and very deep austerity measures, uh, you know, both a 10% cut in uh, government spending, which is expected, as well as raising the value-added tax uh, from 5% to 15%. And that tax, which is essentially a sales tax, uh, you know, disproportionately hits uh, people of modest means who spend more of their income on goods. So these are, are measures which are unpopular, and I think they reflect something, uh, you know, longer term than that which is a an acceptance by the Saudis you know and probably by Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman that oil prices are not going to go back to where they would prefer you know if, when you think back to the the first OPEC plus deal with Russia in December 2016 you saw a you know a big price response to that we went up briefly over $80 a barrel, and we spent a year over $70 a barrel, much closer to, you know, where their budget balance is, which has been around in the low 80s. Um, and and that surge in prices, though, didn't last. It brought a surge in production from the U.S., as well as some places elsewhere that have deep water production. Um, and that competing non-OPEC production had already bought, brought prices down to around $50 a barrel before we hit the COVID-19 pandemic and the recession. So I think they're, they're looking forward from that and, and kind of accepting that trying to push prices that high may have backfired on them. Yeah, of course. Does this have implications for how OPEC Plus approaches unwinding the current production cuts as demand may begin to recover? I think it, it definitely does. You know, as you remember, the the Russians were reluctant to cut uh, at the beginning of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic because it wasn't clear how much demand was coming off. A month later, everyone was forced back together by the fact that it was, you know, a, a larger amount of volume loss than they had expected at the beginning. Um, but I think coming out of this, uh, you know, there's several factors that, that we see uh, influencing uh, Saudi expectations and behavior. And, you know, one of those you know, I'd already alluded to, which is their assumptions about price and the supply response to that, but also the fact that coming out of this, Russia's government budget balances at a price equivalent to Brent in the mid 40s per barrel. So Russia would like to have a big budget surplus, but they also know that prices going up too fast was essentially subsidized growth from their competitors in the U.S. and elsewhere. And so they Russia is going to be focused on restoring market share, you know, for the more than 2 billion barrels a day that they pledged to come off the market. So the Saudis have a lot more spare capacity than that. And it's interesting that when they were in the brief price war, uh, you know, before the second OPEC meeting, they, um, you know, had gone all the way up to 12 million barrels a day. Then they pledged to cut down to 8.5. And then recently they said they would come down to 7.5, uh, you know, at least for the next month or so to rebalance the market quicker. So they have four, four and a half million barrels a day of unused capacity. 
and another nearly half million barrels a day on top of that, if you count their share of the neutral zone that they uh, co-manage with Kuwait. Um, and and that is a, you know, that's a lot to have. And I think the, the challenge here is Russia is probably going to want to start opening the taps a bit when we get into the around their budget balancing price. That's still a big budget deficit for the Saudis. But if they try to maintain production discipline when Russia isn't willing to, they end up losing on that. And then Iraq is there, too, where Iraq is not fully implementing what they pledged, but they've implemented a, you know, a, a sizable portion of it, probably going to end up about two thirds of what they said they would do. Um, and so they also have some substantial spare capacity. And so I think the challenge coming out of this is the Saudis probably get pulled in the direction of needing to accommodate others who want to take back market share, but trying to do it in a coordinated way um, in which they are, uh, you know, not racing ahead of each other. And that's going to be a challenge, but is is potentially doable. Um, but that's really, you know, Saudi and Russia at the core of that. And, you know, I, I think that looking out beyond that, part, you know, part of the, the motivation for them wanting to take back that market share is the competing production really is going to start to come back. It, you know, it, at prices below $50 a barrel, uh, companies are not going to be eager to invest much in that. But if you go up into the mid to upper 50s, that investment is really going to start coming back because the rates of return on on some shale production and on some deep water offshore start to look attractive again. And so I think there's going to be probably a price stall um, where uh, you see them putting additional volume on to to essentially take back their market share before non-OPEC, non-Russia uh, investment comes back. And then there are other things impacting this as well, like, you know, electric vehicles and what is likely a weakening of demand growth. Um, you know, even as we come out of this recession, we're probably not going to see a year of, you know, million and a half barrel a day demand growth you know, as we go forward, that might happen next year, year on year, because this has been such a, uh, an atypical year with the pandemic. But we're not going to see that kind of sustained growth, you know, over several years that we've seen in the past. And in some ways, this is a little bit like the late 1980s. Uh, you know, if you look at Saudi policy, then they had a lot of spare capacity, they abandoned the swing producer role, and they essentially told everybody else, don't invest in raising your capacity because we're going to gradually open the spigot as demand grows. Um, and it's not completely analogous, but there is a lot of parallel to that era right now. And I'm quite sure that the U.S. industry plays in there somehow. What does it mean for the U.S. oil industry? Well, I think that unfortunately is perhaps not as bad as the late 80s, but it, it comes close to it because what it, what it implies is that you're going to have, uh, you know, the Saudis and Russians and Iraqis taking back their market share and prices probably stalling there for a while below the threshold where you're going to get a lot of uh, investment coming back into U.S. production growth and employment in the U.S. sector. So I think there will be some improvement, uh, you know, as the recession ends, but oil development in the U.S. is probably going to lag there you know, again, is is somewhat similar to what we saw back in the 1980s because they had signaled that they were going to to be taking market share as as the market grew. But you know, a lot of this really depends on how quick the recovery is and demand growth. But you know, regardless of that, I think the price that price decision zone, so to speak, around fifty fifty five dollars a barrel, 
whenever we get to that, that's really where you're going to see a desire to, to take back that market share and probably stall at that level. Thank you so much, Greg. That's a lot to think about. Oh, no problem. Greg Pretty is the Director for Global Energy and Middle East Analysis for Strat4. Strat4 and RAIN provide reliable and actionable intelligence for businesses and individuals. Podcast listeners can get a special offer for Worldview at strat4.com slash podcast offer. That's strat4.com slash podcast offer. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening. 